Welcome back to Big Sky Buckets. I'm Big Sky, and let's talk some basketball. If you're new to the channel or new to the podcast, if you're an audio-only listener, please consider subscribing, liking, commenting on previous podcast episodes and audio-only listeners, giving it a couple more listens, giving it some rates. I would really appreciate all the support as I try and get this up and going. Welcome to... The first in-season tournament as it begins today, uh, when I'm recording this on Friday. Very interested to see how this goes as integrating something as ambitious as this may not pan out the way they think, but I there is a chance that this could be really interesting. I have various opinions, and as I really plot them out, I believe I'll be making an episode on Sunday, breaking down the in-season tournament a little bit more giving some of my predictions going through the bracket groups and kind of talking it more in depth. But I will say my hot take immediately is that I think any team that's led by a European superstar is more likely to win this solely because the concept of the in-season tournament was taken from European football and European superstar basketball players probably will find it more, they will be more invested to win it as it is more relatable to them than it is for American superstars. So I think my, if I if I just shot in the dark right here, I'll think about it more. I, I actually think the Dallas Mavericks might actually come out on top because I think someone like Luca would be more invested as a younger European superstar who hasn't won much of anything yet. And he is super talented. He's on a heater recently. So that, that's my little hot take. And then another tidbit, NBA news. Of course, I'm still on a cold streak of games that I'm going to talk about here. And then la the later games that I decide not to watch um, are absolute bangers. And Victor Wembanyama finally coming into his own, beating the Phoenix Suns again. This time, a much better showing from him and the Spurs. They really were basically winning the entire time, it seemed like. And Victor came out with a 38 point double double it's it's happening it's begun right now and and that's not to say that the Suns played bad I'm pretty sure that Kevin Durant had something like 30 something points typical Kevin Durant stat line and Devin Booker finally came back and he almost had a 31 point triple double he was one rebound shy and they still lost and that's the frightening thing so my hot take with Wimby super early on is that he's probably going to go the LeBron James route where I think if they do this correctly and are a lottery team one more time, from then on in the next two years, this team might be vying to go to the finals. Like, shockingly vying to go to the finals. They may not win, but they, this looks like a kind of player that's not going to be stopped. So, with that out of the way, that's really all the news I have outside of this one game. But today we're going to talk about the Toronto Raptors in Philadelphia 76ers game from last night. And basically, I, I'm definitely going to talk about the Raptors a little bit more, but I do want to say for Philly, who gave up P.J. Tucker and the James Harden trade recently, and they're waiting to get all the role players that they're getting back from that trade. They, they didn't play last night. They, this was a good showing, um, especially from Tobias Harris, who had 20-something points. Uh, another Kelly Oubre special kind of game where he missed one shot had 23 points, I believe. And you had a Tyrese Maxey game where he actually didn't play as great as great as he has been recently because he's just been on an absolute heater. And then, of course, Joel Embiid just going to the free throw line like 
12, 12, 13 times and missing maybe one free throw. It's it's hard to stop. And so you just got to give credit. Philly is looking so much better than I thought they would out the gate. Um, three and one right now, second in the East. Um, they're looking phenomenal. And one of the major things I see out of Nick Nurse, he, he's still doing the smaller rotations kind of thing, but what he's asking his two stars, one superstar, one blossoming star to do is trying to have them handle the ball more and and be the primary playmakers. So I think he really watched a lot of Jokic, and I know they had their training camp in Denver. And I think what he was asking Joel Embiid to do is like, I want you to learn how to play make more instead of just get as many buckets as you want. And I think that's a good idea. He's struggling still when he gets double teamed. He's still not the playmaker that Jokic is, but there is improvement there. And that is... Scary, especially because that's typically how they've lost in the postseason is that the lack of playmaking from Embiid normally just ends up being a turnover. And that leads to him having like some stinkers in the playoffs. And then for Tyrese, this is important for him to make the real jump into all-star. Like everyone knows he's a bucket, but him being able to be a primary playmaker and evolve as a playmaker is going to help this team move forward. And then another weird thing is that I think maybe we're going to, once we talk about it a little bit more with the Raptors in a sec, Pascal Siakam could be an interesting piece for them to get for more front court playmaking and defense and just another star level player, especially because of how the Raptors are treating him. I think that he should be dealt by the trade deadline. So congratulations to the 76ers, but let's talk Raptors. So Darko is the brand new head coach. He's an offensive minded head coach. And it's very obvious to tell that this team works completely different than they have been. I want to say that I am sorry because every single time I'm still when I'm talking cold streaks, I'm talking a lot of cold streaks here. I've talked many times about when I slander a team the episode before that team always seems to respond in like a couple win streak or something. And I called them the middling Raptors, but you can see improvement now. And I think it's taken some time because one of the things I haven't really been able to watch too many of their games. One of the things that is standing out is Scotty Barnes is now the number one option on this team. It's very obvious that Darko really wants him to be the man. And that's kind of why I'm leaning towards Pascal being dealt at the trade deadline. And the second reason is that they're playing Pascal as the third option. And I don't think he loves this and I don't love to see them doing it. However, it is improving their young core for the most part. The young players on this team are standing out. OG is finally, he's finally getting the second, uh, being the second option. And I say that just because from this game specifically, you can see Scotty had the most shots, very efficient, 24, 8 and 8. Then you had OG, he had an okay game, but he had a little, like, I think he had like 13, 14 shots. He had like 16 points or something. He, he'll he get better. It's going to take some time for him to develop his isolation game because I talked about before that OG is actually, previously last year, he was like the worst isolation scorer in the entire league. So it, that's going to take time, And but he's young enough to be able to learn it. It's just an interesting to, thing to do right now, but that's all well and good. The concern here is that you have Pascal, being, he's basically operating as the primary facilitator, and he's getting off less shots, and you can just kind of see it in his game and in the way he plays. By the way, I'm just going to go ahead and say this is not a rant on the Raptors and how I don't like it. I, I think it's interesting. I'm still on the fence about whether I like what they're doing or not, but he is very obvious that he has been the man ever since Kawhi's left, and it just feels like he's just out of place now, and I, I think... 
he doesn't need to be the man in the next place he goes, but I think he he you want him to take more shots than he's taking currently uh, under Darko. And so I think now's the time to start getting some. Don't do the normal Messiah thing and just let him walk for nothing. Get some assets in return. This was a very close game, very competitive for at least a half, and then eventually devolved because A, there's two things about the defensive scheme. Because Darko is more offensively inclined than he is defensively inclined, which is different from years past under Nick Nurse, which is the exact opposite. What you notice is that whenever they throw triple teams, which they did last night at Joel, he always found a way to get to the free throw line. No surprise there. It also made it so that his playmaking, if he got triple teams sometimes, he could get the ball out and then Tobias or Kelly Oubre or even Tyrese Maxey would get a shot off and that was like easy because no one was guarding them. What did work defensively for them is when OG and Scotty Barnes were defending Joel Embiid. It worked more than the triple teams because when you triple team Joel, there's just more room for error in terms of him foul baiting, which he can do very easily because he's huge and he shoots free throws very well. He has a very good sh jumper in, in general. So that's what he's always going to do. And Nick Nurse wants him to do that. And he wants his guys to get to the free throw line. So one of the interesting things here is when it's OG and Scotty, there's a play in particular that they, Joel is trying to get to, he's trying to get to the bucket and Scotty's kind of in front of him and OG's kind of off, like, getting in, into him on the side. And as he's trying to foul bait, you notice both of them kind of just almost go for the ball. One of them stops because they realize, oh, he's about to foul bait. And the other one, like OG, I think, is able to touch the ball and get a block. And it's like, okay, this two-man defensive scheme will work going forward, especially for some of the more dominant forces in the NBA. And then the final thing I want to talk about, like I said, I really wanted this one to be a shorter video because I keep promising you guys I'm going to do shorter videos and I go on this long-winded rant. But I don't have too much to say about this one. I think this is improvement on both teams, even though the Raptors lost. The, the interesting thing is that there was a play in the fourth quarter when the game is like within 10 or so, maybe even 10. Um, it escapes me what the time was, what the points were. I know it was close. There was a moment where Pascal is going to the rim and like Darko wants him to do, he's passing the ball out so he doesn't go to the free throw line. They want a real shot and OG is in the corner. No one, and I mean no one is close to him. And even Pascal is the closest one to him. He is kind of wrapped around the basket now and is kind of playing like, uh, an offensive lineman kind of like, all right, I'm I'm in their way. They're not going to get to you as they try and get to him. Like at least Pascal's there. So they have to go around Pascal. It's perfect. Look, time to get a three. And he passes it up. And that's where it's like, I think I might be a little bit wrong. I think this kid can very easily be a playing team, especially if they move off of Pascal to get a little bit more assets in return. Players that are going to play better under Darko because right now it seems like Pascal's value just keeps going lower and lower. So the quicker you can get on this, the better. Not because Pascal is a bad player. It's just he's not. I've talked about this a lot, but fit really means a lot in different schemes in, that coaches employ. And if you're going to take the obvious best player on this team and lower his value to make someone else the better player on the team, you should get on it quickly to get rid of them because the longer you wait, the lower the value is going to be. It's like a, like holding on to stock too long. Eventually, it's going to start like once you it starts dropping off, 
eventually you're just like losing the value that you could have had when it had peaked. It, it's it's a it's hard to really va like see the value at the time because you're like, oh, we're just going up and up and up. But there's always a moment where you should really think about, should I walk away now and just cash out? And that's what the Raptor should do. But he passes it up and then eventually it, it turns into nothing. It just starts, they start passing it around. And I know that Darko is emphasizing ball movement, but in that moment, that was a shot you should have taken. And that's a learning experience for OG, who I'm sure they will re-sign because I don't think they're going to re-sign Pascal anymore. And that and that's okay. That Like, that's going to happen. And this, this team has had their number for a while. So it's good for the Raptors to even have been in this game for as long as they were. And that's really all I have to say. I think both teams are interesting to monitor. More so the 76ers, just because if they're 3-1 and one right now, before they even have more of these role players and a deeper team and have the assets to probably go for a bigger player if one becomes available, this team will be interesting. And I think Pascal could be an interesting, like, if his value is low enough and you have just a little bit of assets to give up, and then still, if that doesn't work during this season, then he can just walk for nothing. And you're fine with losing that value because you still have two max contract slots. One, you're obviously going to give to Mac. Tyrese Maxey, but the other one could be any free agent. So that's the interesting part of it all. But yeah, that's about it. I, I wanted to make this one really short so it's more digestible. Um, but on Sunday, that's when I plan to get out the play-in tournament episode and then we'll get back to normal. I'm starting to think that it's either this Monday or next Monday in the mornings. I'm going to try and get out a video doing power rankings. I think I might give it a third, th starting the third week because... As I've come on here, these like I've talked about with my cold streak, these teams end up just making me look stupid as hell like the very next day that I get an episode out about them, slandering them. So I'm going to give it one more week, I think, and then we're going to start doing some power rankings. And I'm going to do it the best 16 teams, so eight in the East, eight in the West. The only difference is I might do seven in the East and nine in the West just because there's so many good teams in the West right now and there's a lot of struggle going on Right in the heart of the middle of the East, a lot of teams are tied at like two and two or two and three because they faced at least one Western Conference team and lost. Yeah, that's it. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for watching. Please subscribe if you're new. Give this uh, episode a like, a comment. Let me know what you think about it. If you agree with my takes, if you disagree, just let me know in the comments. And then if you're an audio only listener, give it a rate, give it a listen, all that good stuff. And yeah. I will see you guys either Sunday, maybe it comes out on Monday morning. That's perfectly fine with me. We'll figure it out. I'm still getting into the swing of things, but thank you guys so much. And I will see you next time. Peace.